Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend some time catching up. We share something we've really enjoyed recently, whether it's a podcast, a TV show, a book, or something else. And then we go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant to the stuff that's going on right now. And it's quite possible a lot of us are thinking about it, but maybe aren't having those conversations about it. So we want to open up that conversation. How are you, my dear? It's a beautiful summer's evening, isn't it? It has been glorious. And I mean, I'm I'm not going to say I'm very hot because I don't like to complain when it is very hot. But I am cooking right now on the top floor of the house. <laughs> See, I'm in I'm staying in the countryside. I'm dog sitting at the moment still. Um, and my dad's house is very cold just because it's a really old building. So I feel quite smug that I have picked the hottest two weeks of the year to do this um and I currently have a very cute snoozing little spaniel next to me so cute it's like a guest on the podcast I know she doesn't love a zoom call so I am surprised she's still sitting next to me um but I think the fact that she's asleep and dreaming her little dreams helps but yeah she she would be the prettiest podcast guest we've ever had <laughs> would. Oh my god, I also feel like everyone can relate to hating Zoom calls. So, you know, yeah. she's we're on board with that. We're on board. She's just that. hilarious. If she hears a voice note, she's like, sorry, what? Like <laughs> she gets up and walks out. She's she's fine with the TV, doesn't really care too much for it. Um, I did put National Geographic on for her earlier because I thought she might enjoy it and she could not have cared less. So oh. <laughs> Wow. She might sad. like to see the animals or something. And she literally looked at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so unimpressed. Like, she's like, you're weird, go away. So, yeah, dog sitting is an adventure. I'm learning a lot. Oh, my God. Yeah, I went to our friend Becky's house, well, Becky and James, and they've got two kittens. Well, they're like seven, seven months old. They're, they're big kittens they're not like kitten kittens oh my god they're so cute like oh i just want my own cat well i do have a cat that lives with my parents but i want my own cats they're we, so adorable we cannot wait we can't wait we can't wait to meet them in a couple of weeks i'm so they excited are. also their names are ron and leslie <gasps> names yeah any parks fans out there yes mm-hmm. that is why they're called ron and leslie it is they are weird names if you've never seen it. Like I told my mom, like showed her a picture and told her. She was like, they're, they're very odd names. It's like, oh, it's a TV show. <laughs> Without that context, they are a weird name if you just tell them to someone and they've never seen the show. <laughs> I know, yeah, no. I I would love us all to have cats named after characters in parks, to be honest. Oh my God, it would be amazing. That would be amazing. Oh, Although I did name our neighbour's cat Lil Sebastian, so. Oh, Yes, much better name, definitely. Leo Sebastian. So cute. better than Oreo, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we shan't we shan't go there because I'm going to have to say bye to her in a few weeks when we move, and I'm not emotionally ready for that. No, but but it means the chance to discover and meet more new neighborhood cats, make more cat friends. Le- Wait, no, it means the chance to have your own cat. Exactly, exactly this. So, watch this space. I'm going to have to wait for like six. Are you going to get a cat really soon? Do you move? Well, Alex is keen to get on straight away, but being the one who has had pets in the past, I'm being the sensible pet parent. Because 
we do want to do a couple of trips this year and I feel like we need to get settled in our new place but at the same time how cute would it be to have a cat at Christmas would be cute and then I can come back and I can meet the cat exactly I can be an auntie again I know as we're talking about cats Wilma has started just like running in her dream her little paws are going (laughs) oh sorry Wilma oh bless her anyway do you want to show what your recommendation is for this week my dear yes my recommendation is it's called the summer party by rebecca (gasps) i really want to read this where did i see it recommended mate have you recommended it in your newsletter yes i literally recommend it this week but it was the book that i was reading i'd started it the wedding weekend i think you saw it yes we briefly spoke about it but i was like two chapters into it um but it is the perfect it is the perfect summer read like the very kind of hot hazy days and oh. flashing back to times in the past and it's set in Australia as well not that that's like particularly important but Aussie context is is nice to have when you think about like the dramatic Aussie coastline and and how big it is but it's the summer party only came out in May and it's kind of a it's like a twisty thriller, but it's set in in two time frames. So it follows Lucy in both time frames. And one is when she's a teenager visiting um a town where she's staying with her grandma. And then the next time is 20 years later when she's back in the town to clear out her grandma's house. And when she's a teenager, she's in awe of this wealthy family that live up on the hill that her grandma's actually like a, a housekeeper for who just craves their life and their money and their clothes and she loves hanging out with them and she'll literally do anything to fit into their life and you know that all of this culminates in a summer party that happened 20 years ago but you don't know exactly what happened and she's back 20 years later and she gets pulled into the family again when body is found on the beach not long after she returns to the town and as you can imagine lots of family secrets are unraveled and like the lengths that families will go to to protect each other it's there's a lot of really good twists in it and it's a slow burn to start with but then the pace in the second half really picks up so there's a it's okay. a good summer read 100% that's on the list i almost recommended the i thought i was going to finish this book before we recorded today actually but i'll be honest with you there was a thunderstorm so instead of sitting in the garden reading i sat on the sofa and had a nap um yeah. but I think I'm going to recommend that in an upcoming episode. And it's a similar sort of thing, like a good twisty, turny, ooh, didn't see that coming kind of thriller. Mm. I love that mm. in the summer. I think it's because in the autumn when I read it, I get a bit spooked out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want an easy classic beach read. I want something that's a little bit spicier. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a good one for that. I definitely Is it. this the author who wrote the book about the hen party i can't think what the name is girls trip no that's lucy clark is that i can't remember we definitely spoke about that book on the podcast well that is brilliant yeah that one is i'm pretty sure that's lucy is it lucy clark because then she's the one who um the hike has just come out is that her that's that's what i'm thinking of i knew she'd written another another book another like thriller book that come out recently yeah, I want to read that. It's on my list, definitely. Um, I actually, your... um, the other day, I spent some time going through Goodreads and updating my like to read list. And I have so many books on there 
very exciting also overwhelming because in my head I got a massive stack of books delivered to me when we when I first came back in what eight in April and in my head I was like I'm gonna read this whole stack before I leave bear in (laughs) mind there were seven books on that stack I've read three I don't know where I thought I was going to uh fit all of those books in but here we are they can't come with me in my suitcase so well they'll be there waiting for you in the new year yeah that is true that is true what's your recommendation mine is a tv show that i think you're gonna love it's clive myrie's italian road trip on bbc iplayer now if you're not in the uk or you don't watch bbc news you might not be familiar with clive myrie he's one of our news presenters he often does the news at 10 and he really like He's really made a name for himself, especially like in our households, for his correspondence on the Ukraine war. Um, he was one of like the earlier journalists who went to Kiev. And I don't know, I just he just is one of those people who has an incredible energy about him. Um, and follow it, I mean, I don't think it was as a direct result of this, but since then, like I imagine the rest of the population also really had an appreciation for him. He started presenting things like Mastermind, and he's just done a TV show with the BBC called his Italian road trip and he talks how Italy is his absolute favorite country in the world so he literally does a road trip around every single region of Italy there's loads of episodes I want to say there's like 15 or 16 episodes but each one's 20 minutes and it is the perfect pop it on in the background very easy watching really informative and because he is like an investigative journalist the way he chats to the people he encounters is really interesting because he's almost in, like doing an interview light. So he gets really into like the deeper questions with them. Mm. And it's just lovely. And they actually have done it in an off season. They, I think there's different episodes. They clearly like jump about the timings, but they're there in December. Um, Ooh, that is interesting. Like, October, November, December. Really interesting because not only do you think, God, Italy is actually quite warm all year round, but it's, absolutely still especially in the south absolutely stunning Mm. it's really interesting to see it just completely off season to see it so quiet um Mm. but he goes and he speaks to so many interesting people and really like gets under the skin of the local cultures which is so different to a lot of travel documentaries you see where they go and you almost don't see where they're staying and it feels a bit of like a skim over the top whereas Mm. actually he stays in some really interesting places i love that I, I love him. I find him so calming and reassuring to, mm. to listen to when, like, when he talks. I had no idea that he'd obviously knew he was on Mastermind, but I had no idea he'd branched out into kind of this more documentary style. I'm definitely going to watch that. That sounds amazing. I mean, the BBC have done some sort of incredible deal with the Italian Tourist Board because every time you turn on the TV, there's a new bloody documentary series about Italy, <laughs> which I'm fine with. Like, I love Italy, but. If you are thinking of going to Italy and you need some persuasion, the BBC is your place to go because, oh, my God, there are like, I kid you not, I've seen four different shows just about Italy. I did think this the other day because I was like, they're acting like they've discovered a hidden gem. And And it is Italy. Like, it's well known. But yeah, everyone. But um, then I guess that's the whole thing. Like, it's such a famous and popular destination that people will watch these shows because so many people love Italy. Yeah. So Alan and Amanda... Alan Carr and Amanda Holden did a, oh, hi, puppy dog. She's just woken up. Mm-hmm. Um, did a show, which was really great. Then two of the guys from Strictly have done it. 
obviously there's Stanley Tucci, who is still the winner in my eyes of all the Italian documentary series on the BBC. But Clive mm-hmm. comes a close second. <laughs> that is, that's big. That is big. Okay, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to watch that. That's perfect. Love, again, same as last episode. Love a 20 minute episode. Much yes. more manageable. Especially where we're really busy at the moment, like Alex has had crazy shifts and then we've been trying to pack and move and everything to find like an hour to sit down in the evening where you can do nothing and pay attention to something has been a bit of a challenge. Mm. So it's quite nice to have those little things you can watch that lighthearted, easy to watch, quick. You don't have to pay 100% attention if you can't, like if you need to multitask. Yeah, love that. Okay, perfect recommendation. Thank you very much. (laughs) right shall we talk about this week's topic because i think this is a blimmin juicy one a doozy yes it's a doozy though i always thought a doozy was actually like when you have a bit of a bogey but okay i've never heard that i just thought it was doozy like it's a i don't know what does doozy mean it's an american term ask taylor yeah Yeah, well i always hear taylor say it which is probably why i (laughs) say it i'm wondering if it actually means what they call them boogers I don't know it's just in my head that's what the association is I don't know if that is true anyway cracking topic for this week unpacking toxic relationships I feel like the concept of toxic relationships toxic traits has been a real like online phenomenon in the past couple of years and everyone's going around saying lol that's my toxic trait and they're a toxic person cut them out of your life but like so many things, there is so much more nuance, nuance, get my words out, there is so much more nuance to it than just that person's toxic, get rid of them. Like, I don't think it's always easy to spot these people who do have kind of problematic or harmful behaviours. And I think there's also a lot of judgment that goes on. Like if, say you have a friend and I can see they're toxic, quote unquote, it's almost like, oh my God, as if she doesn't see that. And I just don't think that's a helpful way to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. I do. I really agree. I feel like the word toxic has kind of been thrown around a lot. Like the whole, oh, my toxic trait is blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's kind of, I guess not diminished its meaning, but it it steps away from the fact that it is very important to spot and acknowledge and to evaluate relationships in your life that are toxic because we we all have them like everyone will have some sort of relationship in their life that's toxic and it doesn't mean that relationship is completely toxic everything about that person is toxic and you need to cut them out like you said the nuance can be so significant but I do think part of that is a conversation around whether you're aware of what it is about that person or that relationship that's toxic. It could be family, friends, colleagues, your partner. I think coming to terms with elements of toxicity is a like hugely confronting process mm. that is really important. I think from a self-development point of view, but also from like a self-preservation point of view as well. I also think it's really important to like be able to distinguish the difference of a toxic trait versus a toxic trait that's harmful like I know I do things that you would call toxic everyone does right we all have toxic traits and none of us are immune to it Mm -hmm. and there are people in my life who have somewhat toxic traits but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are bad and some of them you need to be able to identify to almost distance yourself from it so you can go okay they're doing that thing that 
I find quite triggering or hurtful or whatever, and you can distance yourself from it. Because not only can you not get rid of everyone in your life who is toxic, but also you can't, you don't always need to. I think of it, mm-hmm. the awareness part of this is so big because the levels of which there are like toxic um, behaviors or even toxic relationships, there are some common themes, but each one is different in itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do think this is where it's so important to examine how someone makes you feel, like to really do a yeah. deep dive. Like if you find yourself feeling a certain way every time after you've spent time with a certain person or if you find that you're apprehensive about seeing this person every time, I do think there's there's something to be said for kind of sitting in that discomfort and really asking yourself why. And the answer might be simply that they are toxic or they have a trait that is very toxic or or it's just something doesn't necessarily mean it's toxic. It could just be that there's something about them that you, them or their behaviors that you fundamentally disagree with. It doesn't yeah. mean that it's wrong, but it could just be that it's something you don't agree with and that it isn't comfortable for you and I think this is where it's really helpful to have a more I guess distinguish between maybe red flags and pink flags and to have a bit more of a scale rather than just saying oh well that's a red flag and let's just cut that person because life isn't that clean cut yeah I think if someone is really emotionally abusive or manipulative or is constantly belittling you and undermining you you feel like you can't trust them at all then yeah red flag obviously yeah Yeah. bad but then there are things that maybe are just a bit like oh one to keep an eye on like if you leave their company and you always feel a little bit lower mood than when you arrived or if you find yourself reverting into habits that you're trying to move away from or break whenever Mm -hmm. you're with them maybe it's being really bitchy and gossiping or maybe it's drinking more than you usually would like all of those things that aren't necessarily bad but mm-hmm. they aren't good and mm-hmm. maybe you find that like the way you view yourself or how critical you are of yourself after you spend time with them is just that bit higher again it's not fundamentally bad they're not evil but it's it's definitely hard not to let that seep in i think that's where you've got to go okay if there are a lot of these pink flags then And also understanding what they mean to you, because what I deem as a pink or a red flag will be different to what you deem as one. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Although maybe not, because we are quite similar, and I think we have quite similar outlooks, but there will still be nuances within it to like the extent to which we think it's bad. Um, But I think once you understand that, you can then start taking steps to work out how you approach it, because there will be people, of course, who you go, do you know what? I can't have you in my life. I don't want you in my life. And you have that ability to remove them from your life. The majority of people you can't do that to. And also the majority is like, it's not a nice experience to have to do that. Mm. Like, I do think that should be a course of last resort. It's hard. It's traumatic to do. It's challenging. So then it's a case of unpacking that a bit and working out how you can establish a healthier boundary with that person rather than cutting them off entirely. Yeah. And I do think to go back to what you were saying just then, but the the subtleties of what you deem as a behavior that might be toxic, because I, I, I do agree there's probably a lot of overlap between like me and you, for example, but I also know like there's so many different things which will be triggering for me and not for you and vice versa or ways that yeah. we were raised that, we 
because of our past experiences like childhood or growing up or at school or how we were treated when we were younger that then are a red flag to you or to me now but they're not to the other one and I think this is where there's also I guess maybe an opportunity to look at how you feel about don't get my words the right way around but how you feel about someone else can also be a reflection of how you feel about yourself and if something is making you uncomfortable is it also one can it help you identify toxic traits in yourself and well and other people around you but in yourself and also does it help you work through maybe some areas that are very triggering for you and that need that healing I do think it can be a good indicator to and I know it is so uncomfortable to sit with, but I do think it's a really good indicator to work through about if, is this a reflection on me more than it's a reflection on someone else? Do you know what? It's so true. And when I heard that thing of the things you hate most in other people are the things that other people are a mirror, basically, mm-hmm. it really struck a chord with me in the same way that so many things we've discussed in the past have, you get that like, hmm, feel like I've been sussed out there. And that's when you have to lean into it and Mm -hmm. I think it isn't to say that it's something bad in you that needs fixing but I think it's something to be aware of or it's something that you can then take forward and also identifying what that feeling is then every time it comes up you're aware of it you can go hold on hold on do I actually think they're an awful person or is it just that it's reflecting something in me am I actually annoyed they've lied to me or is it that I worry that I can be deceitful. Like, I think examining it is so important because it also really helps to show up the green flags. Like, there's so much talk of red flags, pink flags, etc. I do think that there are also so many green flags. And when you start to understand what those indicators are for you that are healthy, that are great, that make you feel good, that you want to invite more of into your life, that really helps you to build those healthier boundaries as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's so true as well and I think it's also important to say that it's it's not a bad thing if you realize that the toxicity that you feel uncomfortable with is because you see some of that reflected in you I think that's an incredible level of self-awareness and rather than mm-hmm. feeling ashamed of that that shows that you've already taken the first step of like acknowledging it and seeing it and you're like okay this is something in myself that I really want to work on and I do think that's you're already two steps ahead although it doesn't feel like it because you feel ashamed and you feel uncomfortable and you're like oh I really don't like that part of me the fact that you've identified that part of you is is actually really powerful and I do think it helps with then identifying not just the red flags but the green flags because you know what's important to you both ways yeah like knowing like fundamentally I'll I will never be in a relationship with this person because their political views are very different versus okay, this person is the exact kind of, the person I aspire to be, the kind of person I want to be. This is a massive green flag. Yeah, I think that's, that is a really good good distinction, isn't it? Like there will be certain things that are those deal breakers, Mm -hmm. whether it's because you, like whether you are in a relationship with them, whether they're a friend, whether they're a family member, whatever, you're just like, do you know what? That crosses a line for me. Mm -hmm. And then there will be things that go, I really don't like that. And I'm just going to try and draw a boundary around it, but at the same time use it to reflect onto myself. Like there are people who I know who will 
sometimes share views that are rather offensive to be perfectly honest they're offensive to me they're offensive to the wider public Mm -hmm. um and my options are either I can get really angry about it or I can go I don't agree with that I'm going to draw a boundary and not have that conversation with you but also what does that trigger in me like is it that I just fundamentally agree with fundamentally disagree with the statement or is it also that I worry that I could ever come across that close-minded that kind of prejudice that kind of um unwillingness to understand someone else's life Mm -hmm. and I think it's when you understand that it stops it being it's still really frustrating and really angry and really hurtful but you also kind of can separate yourself from it a bit and go okay just do feel like that and that's like a second step though because then you've implemented those boundaries and then you get to see how that person interacts with the boundaries that you've set and I think that in itself is so so telling like if they say okay let's agree to disagree we're not going to see eye to eye on this it's not healthy for us to carry on having this conversation and you just avoid that topic when you're around each other that's it doesn't change anything but if that person's not going to change anyway respecting those boundaries is really important whereas if that person constantly comes to you and provokes you because they know this is something that will rile you up that will upset you that's just a blatant disregard for boundaries and that's probably part of a much bigger toxic trait in that person as well for sure I also think that it's a good way to slowly introduce boundaries I think often we think Mm -hmm. of boundaries go from zero to a hundred and that Mm -hmm. isn't I think that's really hard to do for a start but also I don't know if that is the most effective way to implement a boundary because then it Mm -hmm. starts to feel a little bit confrontational and there's definitely a time and a place for it Mm -hmm. but sometimes you need to do it a little bit slower it's like okay we'll implement like for example if it's I don't know I feel like work is always a really good example with boundaries, but like say you have someone at work who texts you a lot about work when you're not in work. Mm-hmm. Maybe that first boundary is I'm actually just not going to respond to try and see if they take the hint. And then it might be that you say, you kind of drop it in as a hint that, oh, I don't check my work emails on the weekend or whatever. And then it's re- disrespected again. And then you have a conversation. And I think it allows everyone to just, it gives people the benefit of the doubt, which I do think is important, Mm -hmm. but it also lets you identify at what point things become a problem for you. Because if you just have a go at someone or you go, that's really unfair, I don't like that. And it kind of, as far as Exeter comes out of nowhere, that then creates quite a difficult dynamic. And I think so much of setting boundaries is really entwined with your personal values and what your values are. And you might have a really strong value that you don't work in your time off. You have really strict boundaries around work and talking about work and engaging in that sort of world. If that's just not a value someone else has, then they will see it differently. And that isn't a toxic trait. That is just a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. And so if yeah. you kind of go in with that quite accusatory language of you're crossing my boundaries, you're it's like a toxic behavior, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's the healthiest way to set a better tone in a relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, because it doesn't it doesn't mean that they're wrong. Like you can have different values but yeah. still respect someone else's boundaries. I think that's the key thing. Like and exactly that. If you're going to instantly be 
accusing someone that in itself is confrontational that yeah. that I mean to me is kind of a bit of a pink flag in itself if the first yeah. thing you're you're constantly going to do when you feel uncomfortable is rather than having an adult conversation especially in work when you're with these people almost every day that it's if you're going to go into everything confrontationally it's you're probably going to struggle long term in a work environment when so much mm. of your time is spent working alongside your colleagues i do think one of the like the only way really to deal with red flags is to be upfront and have that discussion with someone like give them those chances and then have the discussion if mm. they downright like shut down don't want to discuss it don't want to change and don't respect your boundaries that's a very good indicator that that, that's a toxic relationship it's not going to be healthy it's not going to be supportive for you whereas if they acknowledge that it makes you uncomfortable they're probably not going to change but they respect your boundaries i I think that's that's okay there's yeah it's it's more of a two-way conversation completely we've all got toxic traits we all do things that are annoying or frustrating or just a bit crap Oh, she's up again. Hi, puppy. Um, she's putting her ten pence worth, and she does agree with this. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear it. And but we do all have those traits that we go, oh God, actually that's not great. And if you can have that conversation respectfully, I think you could learn more about yourself as well. And especially when it comes to work colleagues, there's so much like there's a lot of intimacy when you spend that much time with people. Mm-hmm. just in the nature of if you speak if you're with people for 40 hours a week more or less and you're speaking for a lot of that regardless of whether or not you intend to you end up revealing your a lot of yourself to them mm-hmm. and so I think it's even more important to be able to have those conversations around boundaries and go I'm not happy with that or to at least know in yourself what those lines are that you aren't willing to have crossed and mm-hmm. then be able to implement them. And I think because work has that more formal structure and there are kind of codes of conduct in terms of working inside and outside of working hours, et cetera, it's easier to do it in some ways and it might be with friends or family members, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And I do think like when you're enforcing those boundaries, the change isn't always going to happen overnight. But think having that structure particularly at work leaves it more open to kind of mm-hmm. discussing those boundary violations or like the the consequences of like repeatedly overstepping that boundary and I when I I totally appreciate also those conversations are very uncomfortable but it's also very uncomfortable to feel like you are having those boundaries overstepped every single day but you're yeah. not taking the action to try and change it whether that is having a conversation whether it is going to work somewhere different whether it is removing yourself from the situation like there's a lot of different ways that you can try and to try to assert those boundaries that I think are very rooted in like your self-awareness and your self-worth of like what you need to feel comfortable and like happy in the workplace or healthy relationship yeah and I think the more you do it the better you get at it right you get better at yeah. identifying the traits that you find toxic in other people, and that might change over time. You get better at identifying the people who make you feel good sooner when you're around them and by the same measure, the people who don't make you feel so good when you're around them. Mm-hmm. And you also get better at spotting like those repeated behaviors. 
whilst everyone has toxic traits that are unique to them or like specific to them, I think as human beings, if we sat down and listed out um, the types of people we attract into our lives and the boundaries we allow them to break or the behaviors that they exhibit that are a bit toxic, we would see some really strong patterns. Mm-hmm. And I joke with a lot of friends. I know I say it to you a lot. My toxic trait is people showing me who they are and me choosing to ignore it. And I say it flippantly, but it is so true. And I said this to someone recently. And then I kind of sat down and I thought about those traits that people show me who they are, quote unquote. And then I like the things they all have in common. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, that's one that I'll discuss with my therapist at some point, because I think it says a lot about you and your traits and your self-worth. And I don't think it always says bad things about you, mm-hmm. but I do think it says something. And I think that in itself as a trait is something that so many people would recognize, like yeah, allowing people in despite knowing what they are like, keeping them, keeping them there, allowing them to stay in your life. Because I do feel like as human beings, one, we we want to believe the best in people and we oh yeah question our own instincts far too much, especially as women. You want to you're like, oh maybe, maybe I misread that, maybe I misconstrued that, maybe, maybe I just got that wrong. And you let it go and you let it go and you let it go. And I mm. think that is it. I do feel like, especially for women, that that is probably a toxic trait that a lot of women have because you feel yes. Like you're second guessing your own judgments. Yeah. There was a point too to that and I can't remember what it was now. Well, you just made me think of something actually. I think part of it is that there's real comfort in the chaos, right? You attract and you allow the same boundaries to be broken, the same sort of traits to come in because whilst it's, you know, it's bad for you, it's also familiar and Mm -hmm. as evolved as we like to think we all are, we're not that evolved. (laughs) And mm-hmm. so there is that level of comfort and familiarity. So we go, okay, this person's violating this boundary, but I know what that feels like. Yeah. And it's it's that same thing we constantly say, pick your hard, right? It's still hard, but it's scarier and harder to go, I'm going to change this. Mm-hmm. And I also think you you kind of if you're the sort of person who always tries to see the best in others and will always give them the benefit of the doubt, you run the risk of attracting the sort of people who will take advantage of that. Not all of them will, Mm -hmm. but some people will. And that comes at a cost to you ultimately. And I just think that's what it comes to when it comes to the whole unpacking of toxic relationships. I don't think it's as simple as going toxic relationships are bad. It's bad for you. You shouldn't have them spot them and end them. It's more for me anyway about going, but what's the root cause of that? Why am I allowing this core value of mine to be constantly ignored? Or why am I constantly allowing this same type of person into my life that ultimately I get hurt because I'm allowing it? Like Questioning yourself more and what you're standing for, I think, can help you to unpack that toxicity in other people. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the point too, as well. That I was going to make, but <laughs> exactly what you said that you you forgive and you want to see the best, and you give you give them the benefit of the doubt because you're in that because it's comfortable and it's because it's what you know. The opposite of that is discomfort. 
And that is you having that conversation, whether that is the conversation that they're, they're overstepping a boundary or that they make you feel uncomfortable or that you don't agree, or whether it's that discomfort of confronting in yourself that this is a trait that you recognize in you and that you are that you're aware of and that you need to fix it and I think that discomfort is obviously is often what makes people stay makes people give another chance and another chance and another chance because the, mm. the un, it's actually more of an unknown even though on paper it looks like the healthier choice it is it is a bit more of an unknown and obviously our brains are wide to like protect us so it's like stay in the comfort yeah. zone stay in the safe place and I do think the more you start to exercise those boundaries the more you start to question what is it about these traits that I don't like what is it about these traits in myself that I don't like then you get more comfortable with the discomfort and it becomes I also, easier I agree with that and I also think it's a case of it's uncomfortable to confront it and it's very rare that you meet someone who is fully bad. Mm-hmm. And so every time they do something good or that is thoughtful or kind or really honors your values, that's almost your evidence that you don't need to do that uncomfortable mm-hmm. thing of setting a boundary. Yeah. And it kind of goes, oh, okay, no, I can ignore my gut. Because especially like you said, as women, we're told to ignore our gut because it's not based on anything. That's rubbish. Mm-hmm. The reason my like new age, not as in like hippie new age, as in like mm-hmm. since I'm 29, resolution is to listen to my gut more is because it's right very often. Um, but we're told it's silly. And then so we, when we have that kind of more tangible evidence of, oh, no, that person does care about me because they sent me a birthday card, that outweighs the fact that they talk to you about your ex all the time and you've told them that you don't want to know anything about them. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah. You're like, oh no, they do care about me. You see it as evidence that you're actually wrong. Yes, rather than evidence that actually maybe they aren't. Even if they're doing it from a, they're not doing it from a malicious place. They're not doing it from a place that puts your like respects your values, and that's mm-hmm. the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I feel like we're kicking off this series with a whole no. of topics. I'm loving it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and that maybe you've found a little bit of value in it. I know it can be an uncomfortable topic to cover, but I do also think it's it's an important one and that's why we wanted to discuss it. And oh, of course, sure. we would love to hear your thoughts on this topic or any other topic that you'd like us to talk about in the future as well. You can get in touch with us on the details that are in the show notes below this episode. So just click on that. You can DM us on Instagram or drop us an email. And we will be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode all about the impacts of technology on our mental health, which we're both very excited for. But in the meantime, hit subscribe and we will see you there. Bye. Bye.